All right, welcome everyone into the Blue Collar Unplugged podcast. This is season three, episode 11. I'm your host, Blake Byler, joined as always by Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. Uh, but today we have a special guest here with us. We're going to be talking about um, Alabama's loss to Tennessee. We're going to be previewing Alabama's um, upcoming game against Auburn this week. And we're joined by Brian Pasick, uh, color analyst for the Crimson Tide Sports Network, also played for the University of Alabama. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. So just to kind of jump into it, um, I'll get us started. You were in Knoxville uh, this past weekend, obviously witnessed um, Tennessee's beatdown of Alabama. Final score was, I believe, 91 to 71. Um, Just kind of broad strokes. What what did you see that kind of – what do you think went wrong for Alabama in that game that led to uh, such a a beatdown of kind of massive proportions that we saw there? Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me. I was looking forward to coming on. I was hoping it would be after a win so we could all uh, celebrate. And we've had a lot to celebrate uh, lately and this year, but not so much right now. Uh, and I think you got to give a ton of credit to Tennessee. I mean, I think they're one of the best handful of teams in the country. And they're a team that right now, but with the way they're playing on both ends of the floor, can legitimately – talk about trying to compete for a national championship. Uh, They were as as impressive a team as I've seen all year. And that's saying something because Alabama under Nate Oates, uh, as uh, has typically been the case and is the case this year, plays, if not the nation's toughest schedule, one of them. And I think it'll end up being the nation's toughest this year. Uh, But Tennessee was as good as as any team I've seen. I was disappointed uh, that Alabama uh, did not play Uh, to the level that they've been playing over the last month or so. Um, Tennessee is really tough, uh, really good defensively, and and that is a staple under Rick Barnes. It's been like that uh, since he's been at Tennessee. His teams were like that. At Texas, the difference between maybe this year's team and uh, previous years is what they can do on the offensive end. Dalton Connect is a big reason for that. Uh, But – you know, th- this was, to me, a Tennessee team that took it to Alabama early. And Bama just didn't respond the way that they have uh, all year against some tough teams. I mean, it's not like Alabama hasn't played some of the toughest, most physical teams in the country and competed at a high level. They have. Uh, but Saturday was just not the day for that. Unfortunately. Yeah, and obviously with with that game, the big story of it was 22 turnovers for Alabama, seven from Mark Sears, six from Marlon Griffin. Do you think that's a result of a broader spectrum of an issue for Alabama, or is that just a result of a really physical game in Knoxville? Because games that, well, what is now the Food City Center, have always been a little physical, and they're called differently. But do you think that's a, a more wide spectrum, Alabama's got a turnover problem issue heading into like a deeper run of SEC play and coming up against a very good defensive team in Auburn? who's, I believe, sixth right now in adjusted defense and defense. Do you think that's the issue there, or do you think it's just a result of just a really physical game against a really physical Tennessee team with a great defense? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about 9 o'clock on Wednesday night if this is an issue that we need to be concerned about moving forward. Um, you, you look at Alabama as a whole this year. Again, the, the schedule has been brutal, and turnovers have not been a problem as a whole. Now, the last handful of games – uh, they've turned it over a little more than we're used to seeing. Tennessee is a team uh, that takes some chances defensively. They're solid, but uh, they, they do a good job of 
playing physical and getting you out of what you want to do. Alabama turned it over. Obviously, you're just not going to win um, against good teams, turning it over 22 times. Uh, so I, I think that Wednesday night, that will obviously be a focus for Alabama to do a better job taking care of the ball. Turnovers haven't been an issue for Mark Sears. Uh, they haven't been an issue for Ryland Griffin. I don't expect that to be an issue moving forward. But with that being said, it was on Saturday. And that's a great thing about college basketball is you get to bounce back and you get to bounce back in a hurry. In a couple of days of practice, I can assure you uh, that when guys are a little loose with the ball and, and turning it over, maybe like they have in recent games, that will be corrected. Uh, so I would expect to see a much different Alabama on Wednesday night against Auburn. Yeah, so looking looking forward to that game uh, against Auburn, the Iron Bowl of basketball. Uh, you obviously had a lot of success as a player, seven and two against Auburn uh, in four years. So, you know, you know a lot about beating the barn. Uh, but what would you say that the path to victory looks like for Alabama Wednesday night? Well, first of all, um, you know it's got to be a great home court environment. Um, I would be shocked if that's not the case. I mean, this rivalry is so good and it, it's always been great in football and now with with bruce pearl and nate oaks it's as as good a rivalry in college basketball i mean it's up there with kentucky louisville duke north carolina as far as intensity in the building so uh it is going to be an electric atmosphere wednesday night and that's going to play a i think a big part in this game uh so i i think the energy uh the the focus of alabama and and what they do on both ends of the floor this is a team that, that we've talked about you know, throughout the year. This, this offense has been spectacular. The best, at least on track, to be the best offense in Alabama basketball history. Number one in offensive efficiency and, and the firepower that this team has. That's why you can't turn it over 22 times. You have too much firepower on the offensive end uh, to, to give the opponent, um, you know, we kind of let them off the hook and not have to, to go against uh, your offense and their set defense. Uh, but I think that that's something that we'll be looking at. And then defensively, Auburn is deep. They're talented. Uh, Janai Broom might be the best interior player in the SEC. He, uh, along with Dalton Connect and Mark Sears, I think would be the three front runners for SEC player of the year at this point. Uh, so how Alabama defends a really deep and talented Auburn team is going to go a long way to determining this game. But I think toughness and, and the iron bowl of basketball always very important and i expect alabama to bounce back to be focused uh and i don't i don't think toughness is going to be a problem on wednesday night i mean this is one that the coaches sometimes have to get pregame speeches to get you ready to play uh this is one where, where you just say hey settle down uh maybe the, the only issue in this one is to say hey guys relax because uh, they're going to be fired up and excited to play this one Brian, from your perspective as a player, uh, whenever you come off of a game where you kind of get dominated and then you have a big game right after, what are the couple of practices like in between those two games and how does a team uh, kind of flush whatever the result was to get ready for a big game like this? Well, the practices following games like Tennessee are not fun. Um, you know, you are trying to correct the mistakes, but also these guys – uh, coaches, players, their competitors, uh, they do not like losing. They do not like losing in the fashion uh, that we saw on Saturday. And 
you know, the encouraging thing for me is while there's not a long track record of NATO's teams getting beat badly, uh, but the times that they have, they bounce back in a big way. One thing we talked about last year is a game that I almost forgot about because it's, it's like it didn't happen, and that was the Oklahoma game in Norman. I mean, that was a dominant performance by Oklahoma. Alabama did not show up. Uh, I think it was a you know 10 or 15-point game before the first media timeout. Alabama was never in that game and then came back home and played a Vanderbilt team that ended up having a pretty good year but lost by 57, Vanderbilt did, in that game. Uh, now, I'm not predicting a 57-point win for Alabama, but I am predicting a bounce back, and I know uh, – for, for me, I, I, don't, I don't love playing an opponent that's good, that's tough, and that's coming off of a loss because you seem to get refocused and, and really get their best shot. Uh, and I would, I, I would expect that Auburn knows that they're going to get Alabama's best shot. And I think Auburn obviously will be ready to play. Don't know that anybody in college basketball right now is playing as well as they are, uh, but I expect Alabama to bounce back in a big way and be ready to roll. Now, will that be enough? We'll see on Wednesday night. I think it's going to be a great game, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, and with Auburn, they've won 11 in a row. They are one of the most deep teams in the country. Uh, they're very well balanced. They're sixth in adjusted defense and ninth in adjusted offense. And they have a very deep bench. Uh, they're also, they, in terms of bench minutes, they're seventh in the country with um, playing about 44% of the minutes that on the court um, are from their bench. Their bench has Donaldson. Jones, Moore, Cheney Johnson, uh, Cardwell. Just what do you take away from matchups that you could see Alabama maybe exploit? Are there any weaknesses that you've seen when watching Auburn that you think Alabama could use to their advantage? Yeah, they don't seem to have a lot of weaknesses right now. I mean, they're really good. They're really confident. Uh, and and they're, they're a confident group. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the, the games they won in a row. Um, I, I – I don't know that there's a ton of weaknesses, but also uh, see that Alabama has the most firepower offensively of anyone in college basketball. Um, you know, Auburn's one of the few teams, I think there's one or two that are top 10 in the country in both offense and defense, according to the analytics. Uh, so they're balanced. And Alabama's a deep team as well. I thought, you know, there weren't many positives coming out of Saturday, uh, but one positive for me was the fact that Mark Sears looked healthy. Uh, yeah, he turned it over too much. I, I would be shocked if he has another game like that where he turns it over that that much. I think he had seven turnovers, but he did have 22 points. And maybe more importantly than that, he was he looked explosive. He looked quick. Um, he he didn't have a great game, even though it shows you how great a player he is. Still scored 20 points in that game. Um, but if Alabama would have, whether they won or lost or got blown out or, or, or not, if Mark Sears' ankle injury was something that I thought may linger, I would be a little more worried uh, moving forward during the season. But he looked healthy. Uh, and I think for Alabama offensively, one thing that they weren't able to do that they've been able to do pretty much against every team they played this year is attack the rim, get in the paint, and create open opportunities uh, for themselves and, and for their teammates. And Tennessee, yes, they, they had 16 steals, 22 turnovers for Alabama. Uh, but I think the reason maybe for the frustration and the turnovers is Alabama's guards couldn't get where they typically get. And we're used to seeing Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada, uh, even Grant Nelson, who was in foul trouble 
live in the lane, making plays on the offensive end. And that didn't happen on Saturday. And that'll be a point of emphasis for Alabama on the offensive end uh, to get in the paint. Nate Oates cracks paint touches, and that's something I'll be looking for Wednesday against Auburn. They're really good, and, and Bruce Pearl will emphasize keeping your man in front of you, not allowing dribble penetration. Auburn's really good at that. So it'll be strength on strength on that end of the floor. But uh, if Alabama can can get in the lane and create uh, scramble situations for the defense, typically uh, that bodes well for the Tide because of the ability to shoot and attack and get to the free throw line. So uh, Alabama needs to do a better job of that than they did Saturday. But that's really maybe the first game all year where Alabama guards couldn't get in the lane. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, even the tough defensive games and that three-game stretch on the road, like it scored a lot of points and got to, the guards got to where they needed to be. Uh, so that's yeah. I think if with the way the Auburn's guards play on defense, they're they're very solid. Uh, but I think hopefully the experience from Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada and Latrell Wrightsell uh, should should come to play on Wednesday as well. Uh, but kind of looking forward for the the rest of the SEC season and just the season as a whole. What do you think the the ceiling is for this team? Um, What do you think of the the few things that if they can lock in on, they can make a deep run through the tournament? Well, you know, the easy answer is defense and um, taking care of the ball. So I'm going to go with the easy answer. And, (laughs) you know, and there are areas that I'm pretty confident in. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to be perfect on Wednesday night. Auburn's really good. They're they're capable of beating anybody anywhere. Uh, So Alabama could, could have a game where they play much better in those areas on Wednesday and still lose. Um, but um, also Alabama has the capability to beat anybody in college basketball with the offensive firepower. I would be surprised if turnovers would be an issue uh, moving forward. There, there's too many uh, ball handlers, decision makers, high basketball IQ guys uh, for turnovers, I think, to be a continuing problem. With that being said, it needs to get fixed. Uh, defensively, I see the want to. I see improvement. Uh, I see a guy like Grant Nelson, who's become a much better defender than I thought he he would be at Alabama. He's versatile. He's six six eleven. Can play. Uh, can guard uh, perimeter guys. He can guard small guards. He can guard centers, as we saw with Tolu Smith against Mississippi State. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. And then you know Nick Pringle has had his moments. He and Mohamed Wagi need to stay out of foul trouble. But uh, I like this Alabama team in a whole lot of areas. Obviously, offense has been the strength, but I do see them getting better on the defensive end. Uh, last one for you, Brian, before we let you go so we don't take up too much of your time. Um, at, looking back at some of these uh, Alabama-Auburn games that you've gotten to call, you've called a lot of them, which ones kind of, or is there one specifically that stands out as one that's kind of your favorite or one that you have a fond memory from? Well, that's a great question. I mean, as a player, um, you know, my, my, there, there was nothing better to me and listen, Auburn will take this approach and Alabama will uh, when, when Bama goes to Auburn there is electric as, as it is on your home court. There is no feeling like silencing uh, the opposing crowd and you know to my favorite memory i don't even remember what happened in the game i just remember 
uh, orange and blue walking out of the the arena uh, with about five minutes to go, and, and they they look pretty sad. Uh, that that was a great moment. And then you know you go back, and I've got the, the Dante Hall uh, dunk hanging on my wall in the basement. And you know when Colin Sexton the wraparound alley oop, uh, Dante Hall dunks it in a blowout win for Alabama after the buzzer beater against Texas A and M uh, that secured an NCAA tournament berth in, in the NCAA tournament. But uh, there are so many great memories. This is, uh, listen, last year, um, last year might be the ultimate. I mean, to be down eight, 17, 18 points, whatever it was in that game with a championship on the line uh, and, and to come back in overtime and not just beat Auburn to sweep them in the yearly series, but to cut down the nets and win the SEC regular season title, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. So uh, that would be my pick. Last year uh, was really a special night in Tuscaloosa. And hopefully there, there's not a championship on the line, but it could go a long way for a championship on, on Wednesday night. So I expect Wednesday night to be an electric atmosphere and a whole lot of fun. And I uh, hope Alabama bounces back in a big way. Absolutely. That is uh, Brian Passink, analyst for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Brian, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that was Brian. Uh, really good stuff from him uh, just on all fronts about Tennessee, about Auburn. Um, we got a lot to get into still. So I guess we can start – we can backtrack a little bit, talk a little bit about our thoughts uh, from uh, the Tennessee game. Jacob, you were there. Uh, what was the atmosphere like in uh, in Thompson Bowl? well, not Thompson Bowling, in, in the Food City Center on Saturday? It was um... – I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna lie. I, it was certainly less of an atmosphere than it was last year when Alabama came to play. Um, I was kind of surprised. I was talking about the atmosphere going into the game on the drive up that morning, and then we got there, and it's kind of. It was just less than I was expecting. Uh, but they, I mean, they packed the place out. There was a whole lot of orange and very, very little crimson. Uh, and it was, you know, I mean, Tennessee came to play. Like the the pregame was great team was ready to play from the jump. Uh, and, I mean, they, they took off early, made their shots, and just kept on going. But I, whenever the, – the few times that it got really loud were some of those Dalton Connect runaway, breakaway dunks. And it was yeah. – I just kind of kind of turned my head whenever it was about to happen. I was like, I, I know it's coming. I know this place is about to explode for 15 seconds and then die back down. But, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, they, they came to play. The Tennessee team was more than ready at – Kind of unfortunately, about exactly not exactly the game I was expecting going in. Thought Alabama would be able to hang a little bit closer, uh, but with the way they defended and the way we shot and turned the ball over, it was kind of kind of lucky to be a twenty point loss rather than anything worse than that. Alabama like literally couldn't have played any worse. It was so like so bad on every single like every single aspect of basketball. Yeah. They were poor at it. Yeah, like if you like. What was it? Like six turnovers in the first ten possessions? Yep. Was it, yeah, was it something like that? Thirteen in the first half. Yeah, thirteen first half turnovers. They average like twelve. 
Like they averaged less than that for a full game. Tennessee had twice the field goal attempts uh, as Alabama in the first half. Tennessee shot the ball 40 times. Alabama shot it 20-something. You're not going to win games shooting half the amount of shots as your opponent. It doesn't matter like what kind of defense you're playing, what kind of offense you're playing. On top of that, not only was Alabama turning the ball over here for two seconds, but they couldn't make a shot either. They couldn't get a shot off, period. That was one of the most impressive things to me was uh, Tennessee's on-ball defense, specifically from Jemai Meshack and Zakai Ziegler. They got so into Alabama's guards defensively. Like Rick Barnes said, you're playing on an island. They didn't even play help defense. And that's why Alabama couldn't get any threes off because Rick Barnes was like, you guard the man in front of you and make sure he can't get by you. And Alabama could not get by them. And so whenever Alabama can't get by them, can't get in the lane, even whenever they do get in the lane, Tennessee defenders aren't helping. They're just sticking to their defender on the uh, on the perimeter. You're not going to get any threes off. That's why they only had seven three-pointers in the first half. And so just a combination of guards being rattled, turning the ball over, not being able to beat the guy in front of you, it just made for a really, really bad night. Afternoon, whatever it was. Yeah. It was – I mean, you shoot your – Second worst season performance from three, four of 21. And really, the last two were pretty much in garbage time of sucking up shots. I mean, that was, yeah, like literally just awful on every level. I mean, there was, there's just no other way to put it. Uh, Got destroyed on the offense or on the defensive glass. Tennessee had like 13 offensive rebounds. So, like, on top of losing field goal attempts to turnovers, you're also giving up field goal attempts from offensive rebounds. It's like, Man, like you would have had to have made 15 of those 21 shots to have realistically had a chance. I mean, obviously numbers would say you'd, be, you'd win in that case, but like you have to shoot an insane number the whole game to even have been close. Um, so it feels like we found the floor, like found the bottom yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Right? I mean, on on the road against it can't get much worse. Like. If they play a game worse than that this season, I will be shocked. Yeah, I get it out in January, I guess. Absolutely, like it doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I mean, like it, it matters for your conference standings, but like it doesn't. It's one, like it's like okay, like we win. Alabama wins Wednesday, and you're back tied for first in the SEC again with a easy, like relatively easy three game stretch coming up, like. You just take it on the chin and go. I mean, I, like, this just yeah, happens. Like, if you look in the Big East, like if you if you get outside the SEC this basketball, like every night, every single night, and you know they're in the like, Big Twelve too. Yeah, like the, this is just part of it. Like this is how the sport works. Like this is not this is not football where like if you lose it all, it's devastating. It's like guys, like this, like losses can be expected and also not be the end of the world. And that's just like. That's just how the sport works. It is. Like, you look at all the other elite conferences, and it's how it works. Like, UConn has had some tough losses, and they are ranked number one because they're that good. And I'm not saying Alabama's had a tough loss. They should also be number one because, of course, not. Like, it's not the case. But, like, you can play well, have losses, and still just keep on moving on. Like, what are we – how many games have we played right now? 18? Like, there's a – Another 13 guaranteed, so you're a little over halfway through the season. 
this is yeah, not, and it, not the other thing is you can like you can get blown out and still be a good team. You can here's a crazy concept. You cannot be an elite team and still be a good team. Yeah. That's uh, and that's one I don't think I don't think fans really get that one. Uh because like I don't think Alabama's elite. I think Alabama's really good. Um uh, and it's possible to be a good team that has lost games to elite teams and still be good. That doesn't make them bad. That just makes them not elite, which I think is is what Alabama is. I mean, I tweeted this the other day. As far as the tiers of the SEC, there's the top three. There's Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky. They have, in my opinion, separated themselves from everybody else. Then there's Alabama. And they're like by themselves because after Alabama, I think like, I don't even know who the fifth best team in the SEC is. I have no idea. Is it South Carolina? Is it Georgia? Is it Texas A&M? Is it Mississippi state? Like I think Alabama is better than all of those teams. Alabama's beaten a couple of them. Um, I think Alabama is pretty much better than all of those teams. And then the worst three teams are Vandy, Missouri, Arkansas. Somehow. You take no, no pleasure in saying that last one. No, I, I feel bad for him. None. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. It doesn't mean that Alabama can't necessarily become an elite team when you know in February, March rolls around. I mean, we've, we've seen it in the past. I mean, the, it's early SEC play. And this is not – like we can't take away from how good Tennessee is either. I mean, they've taken a real step forward on offense. I think they're, what, like 18th, 19th in adjusted offense now. And when was the last time we saw Tennessee have an offense that clicked like that? They've had guys like Jonas Adu, who's taken a massive step forward this year. Uh, and then you add someone like Dalton Connect. Nobody has had an answer for Dalton Connect out all year. Alabama certainly didn't. I don't see many teams being able to stop him. Tennessee is just a really good basketball team. And to go on a road, to go on the road in, in Knoxville, it's just one of those games. It happens. Blake talked about it. That's just college basketball. You get your butt kicked sometimes. Alabama got their butt kicked by a really good Tennessee team. But that doesn't mean that they're not a really, really good basketball team. Alabama's going to be fine. I, I I, think they're still one of the better teams in the SEC. I think you mentioned it again, Blake. I don't think they're in that upper echelon of, like, the three elite teams. And but Al- I think Alabama's pretty capable <laughs> of making that SEC tournament run or a March run. They've got the firepower on offense. They're still the best offense in the country by still a pretty good margin, even after, um, you know, the performance of Tennessee. And I think coming up against Auburn, you got a chance to, to really once again prove yourself at home. Auburn coming to you, you got a little bit of motivation after getting smacked by Tennessee like that. And again, a game like Tennessee is also good because you get a lot of film to really clean up and do some things like that. Where you had 22 turnovers, cool. Let's work on that in practice all week. And I think that's what Alabama is going to do. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. on the turnovers though too, like. I, I don't, I don't know the number from Missouri, but uh, there was a little bit of like a, 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 it could have been specifically just Mark, but the way that they would trap at the top of the, uh, like as soon as he crossed half court, that seemed to mess with Alabama a good bit too. And that kind of helped, that made things hard on the offense on Tuesday. So it's like that combined with basically just being on an island against Tennessee on Saturday, like both of those games are a good case study of like, all right, cool, like we work on this and now now we go and don't have to worry about it as much. So I, I think it's a great point, Matthew. Yeah. Bottom line, they're going to be fine. I mean, 
you get blown out by Tennessee on the road, it's not a big deal. Happens all the time. Uh, Alabama get there's a yearly every team gets smacked on the road at least once every year. And like last year, Alabama got like walloped by Oklahoma. They <laughs> like lost by like thirty something to a to an average Oklahoma. Did they make the tournament? Uh, I don't think they did. Like I don't, I don't think they did. Like Alabama got thirty bombed by an NIT team last year. Yeah. And I think Alabama was pretty good last year, personally. Yeah, I, I think like, so. Too. I mean, I would, Nebraska two weeks ago beat Purdue by sixteen in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, like, literally. I like this. Uh, this just happens. Stanford went in on UC or on Arizona over break. It was one hundred to eighty-two. Like I. It it's just basketball. It just it, happened. It's just basketball. Like you, you have variants. This is these happen. Uh, you remember when UConn lost by fifteen on the road to Seton Hall about a month ago? Yeah. It, it no, happened. everybody forgot because it happens. Like, right. It's um. Yeah, it's there. There's just no. There's no sense in panicking. It's just uh, what? Alabama's four and one. Like securely a tournament team right now in the depending on who you ask a four to six seed somewhere in that range like or if you're asking a bracket i just saw um uh, if you're asking stadium known bracketologist um they have alabama as a nine seed yeah okay Eight seed, excuse me um i'm sure yeah that, i don't know as a nine seed or an eight seed. That, that screen matthew the banner <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I just, I just saw that. Oh, the sky isn't falling. It's the not. Skies, it's not falling. No. It might if you lose a bunch more games. If you lose it to at home to LSU, the sky might start falling. But like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Also, Alabama has lost two games all season. They were favored to win. Clemson and Ohio State. Ohio State shot a billion percent from three and the field. And Clemson, we've discussed Clemson. At Alabama level. folded. Yeah, okay. it just folded. Like, you, th- that's it. Like, the other four games, you were underdogs by, like, six. I think the Tennessee line, for some reason, was at four or four and a it half. moved to six by tip. Okay. So, yeah, you were at least six-point underdogs in all four of those games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, Big deal. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, we're fine. They're fine. Transitioning to Auburn, uh, massive game. Auburn is uh, fifth in Ken Palm. They are uh, ninth in offense, sixth in defense. I think we mentioned that with Brian. They've won. Goodness, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of games in a row. A lot of games. I was about to count, but then their Ken Palm page is just green. The whole thing is green. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games in a row. Most recently, they made Ole Miss look like a mid-major in that game. Like that was embarrassing for Ole Miss. Uh, lost eighty-two to fifty-nine. I think they won. Yeah, they won every SEC game by double digits. So they actually have not played a close game. I, a&M, I would say A&M was, A&M was not an eleven-point game. I would say that. That would be – It was more accurately – It was like six like, to seven and then – Like an eight-point game. Yeah. 
So I guess yeah. that was kind of a close game. But they haven't cl- played like a like a two possession game in like two months. They haven't had to go win a game. Uh no. Uh, they also haven't really played anybody tough on the road. Um, I think I would go as far as to say that. Who have they played on the road? Vandy. And Arkansas. Arkansas. And that's so, it, actually. Those are the yeah. only two road games they've played in this street. And Arkansas, so, caveat, Arkansas is awful. Still a good win. They're terrible. They're, they're, they're brutal. It's impressive I, to win by 30 in Bud Walton. Yeah. yeah. But also South Carolina just won by 13 in Bud Walton. That's so funny. They're so bad. They're so bad. We can't we, we get to have an episode dedicated to how bad they are for another, like, until the end of the season. I mean, wait, let's, nothing's stopping us from taking <laughs> get a little 20-minute 20, 20 episode of just what's going wrong with Arkansas. What's going wrong with Arkansas? Everything. Eric Musselman hired a team of mercenaries, and they're not a basketball team. That's what's going on in there. Could be, could be fun. Could be fun. To do. Um, but Auburn's really good. Um, but they're relatively untested, especially on the road. So that's where I think this game gets really interesting because Alabama is by far the best team they have played on the road this year. They have played a total of three true road games all season. And it was Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and Appalachian State. Again, they lost because they couldn't shoot. Um, But they're a really good team. They've got um, a really good point guard in Aiden Holloway. They've got a really good center in Janai Broom, who's, I think, the best center in the SEC. Jalen Williams is all of a sudden playing at, like, a first-team all-SEC level um, as their power forward, so their front court's insane. Um, They've got a bunch of really good role players. Um, Their bench unit with Trey Donaldson, Katie Johnson, um, Chaney Johnson, Cardwell, like you were saying earlier, Matthew, really good. I think it actually grades out their bench – five actually grades out as one of the best lineups in college basketball efficiency wise really impressive stuff they're a good team uh, but i think that alabama is going to have to they're gonna have to clean a lot of stuff up matthew what do you think are the keys to alabama getting a win in this one well i mean it's, you've already talked about it a lot i think a lot of it comes down to uh, keeping turnovers low. I mean, I, I think yes. Auburn does a really good job of forcing turnovers, and um, you've got the advantage of being at home. And um, if you can tighten up the handle a little bit, Auburn's going to be able to guard. They <laughs> they can guard. Uh, that's one of the things Auburn does best right now. They they're long, they're guard. They, like even though they're they're um, you know shooting guards and point guards a little bit smaller than a lot of teams, they get after it. They have really active hands. Auburn's a really good defensive team. I think you can just clean up the turnovers a little bit. I, I think there's some matchups that you can maybe look to um, when, like, their bench is on the floor that you can maybe attack a little bit. Chaney Johnson doesn't grade out as necessarily the best defender. Um, there's some things there that I, I think Alabama could easily attack. I, I think a lot of it's going to be matchup-based, too. Um, you know, Sears versus Holloway is going to be fun. Um, you're going to have the matchup between, like, either Grant Nelson uh, between like Jalen Williams and Janai Broom and how he's going to handle that. Um, but I, I think that's another thing, too. I think if you get Grant Nelson going, he had a little bit of a rough outing against Tennessee. I think if you can get Grant Nelson going, any game where Grant Nelson gets going is a good thing for Alabama. And when that happens, they usually win. So um, I'd like to see Nelson really take a step forward a little bit at home. It's time for him to put up a, a good performance in SEC play that um, helps Alabama to a big time victory. I, I think um, 
But again, keeping the turnovers down, taking care of the ball, um, and really just having a sort of connectivity on offense uh, because Auburn, they can defend like not many teams can in the country. I, I just think um, you've got to be able to take care of it and um, run your offense the way you want to and really get guys like Nelson involved. One thing that – like Auburn's a really good defensive team, but they defend differently than Tennessee. Um, and I talked about this, I think, yesterday with Jacob. Like they're Auburn's really fundamentally sound defensively, and they've got great rim protection, but they're not as physical and, like, hands-on um, as, like, Tennessee's perimeter defenders are. Yeah. Um, and so I think – like, one thing that Alabama's never struggled with against Auburn – since Oates has been there, is getting threes up. I think Alabama actually has the record for the most three-point attempts in a game in the SEC, and it was against Auburn on the road in 2020. I think they shot 50 threes um, in, in an overtime game. Um, but, like, last year, the home game, Alabama shot 30. Um yeah, like the Alabama's able to get threes up against Auburn. Um, so like they're good at, at defending, but they it's not like they're taking a they haven't they don't have a pattern of taking away the three ball in terms of attempts. So like if that pattern holds, the attempts are gonna be there. You have to think Alabama's due for a little positive regression here after the terrible, terrible shooting performance from Saturday. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you like Tennessee ran Alabama off the line pretty well, but also there were shots that just like just like didn't go in. Like there were a few Ryland threes and Latrell threes from like the same spot that I like if I watched them take that and how they shot it, I'm in rhythm, I would expect them to make it like 75% of the time and they just weren't there. So I I feel like positive regression from three is definitely coming. Um also think we'll probably just take more like you said, like there hasn't been a problem with that. Like ball movement will be better. Uh, and Alabama shoots really well at home too. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't have the exact splits right in front of me, but I would, I mean, the team's shooting very well from three. So I shooting 39% from three as a team. So I'd assume that number is probably like 42% at home. That would be, that'd be my, my rough approximation. I think that's a good guess. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it'll be solid. And, I think that's, that's such a huge huge thing. Uh, one thing that I think Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada both do really well uh, is getting a bucket right after the other team hits a big shot. Like, I feel like just about every game on the road that I've been to, um, and it happened Saturday too, of like connection hit a big three, and then Mark or Estrada immediately goes down, gets a layup, and, everybody, and the whole crowd quiets down. Obviously at home – so you're not going to have to worry about that. But really on the flip, it'll be keeping the crowd in it, right? If, if in Holloway hits a deep three while they're still celebrating. and Yeah, he will. And they're doing their whole bit, whatever. Like Mark Sears is just going to run in behind Dylan Cardwell, get a layup, and they'll be right back in it. Oh, like I, if, if there were odds for that exact sequence happening, I feel like they'd be like <laughs> minus 500. Like that is it's just a, it's a lock to happen. Um, but you know, I, I think shooting wise, going into Saturday or going into Wednesday, um, you feel good if you're Alabama still. Like I, I think there's um, a lot to work with, and like you said, with the way Auburn defends differently, 
you're not going to get slapped off the ball like you do in Knoxville, right? Like you don't have Jemima Shack there just absolutely locking you up. Um, and I think I'd give the edge pretty solidly to Sears and Estrada over over Holloway and uh, Trey Donaldson. So I, I think that's a big matchup that Alabama can exploit to, to get the offense going. Alabama's biggest issue is going to be defending Janai Broom. I quite frankly don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, like, I don't know if they go Nelson. I don't know if they go Pringle. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, he's a problem. Uh, Jalen Williams is also a problem, but he is kind of like a like a semi-wing player these days. He doesn't – like, he's not a back-to-the-basket big. Um, Broom is. And so, like, I dominant bigs have given Alabama a problem all season. Um I thought Nelson was really good on Tolu Smith, and so maybe that's the route they decided to go. Um, they Broom and Nelson did match up against each other in uh, at the draft combine, and Broom like had his way. So, if there's any indication there, that could be an issue. Yeah, I mean, I I think you could maybe throw uh, Muhammad Wagi at him. This feels like a Muhammad Wagi type game. You're at home, um, half a foot. Yeah. yeah. With half a foot. <laughs> I think, look, regardless of that injury, though, I, I think you're at home now. You're going to be able to be a little bit more physical. It's just the nature yeah, of college basketball. Sure. When you're at home, you're going to get some calls. Alabama's probably going to get some calls versus Auburn. Um, you could throw a Wiggy at him. You could throw Nelson. I don't know. You mentioned it. The combine was disgusting. I, we all saw that. Broom had – how many points did he have that, that game? It was ridiculous. Um oh, wow. It was a lot, and it yeah. was against Nelson pretty much all day. And I that's, don't necessarily think that's a matchup Alabama wants to see there. But if you want to go a little more athleticism, you could probably put Stevens on him. But uh, Stevenson, I, I just think you can run those two guys at him all day and um, just hope that you get some calls defensively and be able to play a little bit more physical because if you want to stop Shania Broom, that's the one thing that he has issues with is when you can body him up and um, really, like, force them to uh, make plays for other people. And I, I think, I think Lomo, I think Modi Abate is going to get a lot of run in this game um, between, I mean, just cause their, their front court is so solid and we're going to need somebody to stay disciplined um, foul wise. I will say Pringle the last two games only has two fouls combined on a good share of minutes. And his, he didn't pick up his other foul until like two minutes left Saturday. So I, I think Nick would do a great job. Um, on, on Broom, I, I think Nelson would be solid as well. Uh, I think maybe Nelson matches up just a little bit better because of athleticism and just he's he's growing in his ability as a defender. Um, but then you gotta then you probably throw Pringle out on Jalen Williams on kind of the wing, and I, I think Pringle is probably a little bit more liable to get lost than Nelson is too. So I don't know. It's a that's a tough matchup. I, I think it'll just be a consistent rotating cast of try something until something works. And I don't know, something just tells me Moody Abate is going to get like a whole lot of run possibly. Oh, he's going to play a lot. He should. Oh yeah. Cause Wiggy is, I mean, Wiggy barely played Saturday and that was a, Hey, we got to have Mo game. So I don't know. Hopefully he is better for Wednesday. Um, I mean, the team needs that interior defense and he has been solid on that, but yeah, I, I think, 
if like you said, if he can make room, make plays for other people, then that's that's best. Uh, if you can leave him out on the wing and let him shoot it, that's also best because I think he thinks he's a better shooter than the numbers really say that he is. So that probably would play into Alabama's favor a good bit. Uh, but that's that is matchup one A of if you can win this or make it negligible, then you have a great shot. Because I I don't think their guards alone will beat Alabama. I just I don't. I agree. I don't, it's going to take a lot from. It's going to take a big broom game. Like if yeah. if. If Broom, if you tell me before the game that Broom has like a twenty point double double, Auburn wins. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Or if you tell me that like Broom and Williams combine for like thirty five, Auburn probably wins. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's fair. I um, I I think the and then one the only other strategy you could take there is we're just gonna see like maybe even just isolate and let whoever's on broom defend them the best they can. And then besides that, try and shut down the other options. Um, I just see like, I don't know, maybe you let broom have, have his and kind of key in on everybody else. Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact defensive strategy from last year, but they had a little, I mean, Wendell green was more of a threat to score and distribute right now than Aiden Holloway probably is. Uh, So you had to play it a little bit differently too, but that is, I don't know. I'm intrigued on that matchup. I, I also think Chad Baker Mazzara and Rylan Griffin is maybe matchup one B of like that's uh, underrated one. and like defines a lot more than people will think it will be. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the the other thing is like we're saying the sky's not falling now. The sky's also not falling if Alabama loses this game. They're they'd be what, four and two? And they'd be like I don't think Alabama is as good as Auburn. So, like, if they lose this, they're, like, still right there where I think they are. Um, and still in position to get a double bye, still in position to get a good NCAA tournament seed, even if they don't win this. If they do win this game, uh, that goes a long way because then that is now your best win in terms of resume. Um, that vaults you right back into SEC regular season title conversations. Um that kind of establishes yourself as one of the top four teams, like certainly because you would have beaten one. Um, And then on top of that, if you look at Alabama's schedule, um, they could rattle off some more wins. You beat Auburn, then you got a home game against LSU. You got a road trip to Georgia, who's tricky, but I think Alabama's better. Um, Then you got a home game against Mississippi State, who you've already beat. And that's before you go right back to Neville in two weeks. So they're – Lots of opportunity here if Alabama is to get a win. Let's get into some predictions. Um, Matthew, who wins? Uh, I think um, <laughs> with the motivation of getting your butt kicked by Tennessee and in a one that was another rivalry matchup, but then getting another one immediately after that at home versus a team um, – that is your biggest rival and a team that you have a lot of history with. Um, I think Alabama's going to be able to clean up a lot, and I think Alabama wins 83-79 at home. Close one. Yeah. My heart's beating a little bit faster after saying that. A single-digit victory, Matthew. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I I think in the 6-8 to eight range, um, uh, one thing I will say Alabama is built for is winning 
close games this season. And it's because they've lost close games. Like, which sounds silly, but like Mississippi State was one uh, in Toronto, in Omaha, and in Phoenix. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think you do that, have that ability to do it at home is very, very nice. Um, and like you were talking about earlier, Blake, Auburn hasn't played. Like they haven't played a close game, and they haven't had to go win a game. And the two that they had to, they couldn't. So I, I think just pure experience-wise, like if you're talking, the ball is in twenty-seven-year-old Aaron Estrada or twenty-two-year-old Mark Sears' hands. <laughs> like coming out of the under-four timeout, if the ball's in their hands compared to the ball having to be in Aiden Holloway or Trey Donaldson's hands, like I, I think you know who can go get a bucket for Alabama, right? And you know who can get the board and make the play. Uh, not not saying that Auburn can't. They're obviously very good and have a great resume this season. But as far as just close games and having that mentality, uh, Alabama's got that established, and I, I think that's gonna gonna play to benefit again. And then the haters of scheduling a strong schedule will once again be silenced. So I think Alabama wins by like six. Yeah, I'm also picking Alabama really, really close. I don't feel good about it. I. It just like it makes too much sense. It's a home like I think it points towards an Alabama win, like because of the the factors that we've said. Like Auburn hasn't had to go on the road in a super challenging game yet. Alabama's coming off of a loss where you know they're going to be locked in. I think there's probably going to be a sense of urgency from Alabama's side, whereas like Auburn's riding high and they're hot right now, and that's great. But I think Alabama will have more of a sense of urgency uh, coming into this game, coming off of that twenty point loss. Um, so I do think Alabama wins in a really close one. I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn won, um, but I do think Alabama pulls it out. I'm very interested, honestly, to see how many Auburn fans are in the building um, because I I think it'll be somewhere in between the last two years because uh, I don't think it'll be near as bad as it was in 2022 where it was like it, – it, I swear it felt like 30% of the crowd was Auburn fans. Um, but – I don't think it'll be as as crimson as the game in March last year. Uh, probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think because uh, Coach DeBoer was not supposed to come last week, uh, yeah. meaning everybody is still like everybody that didn't come from Birmingham, ice storm wise, is still going like planning to be there at the very least, which. Of course, I hate this mentality, but because he will be there and not for the basketball game in and of itself, like I, I, I don't hate getting excited for the new coach. That's for football. That's great, but just meaning if the wouldn't that, that being the deciding factor in the Iron Bowl of basketball if, of you coming over or not definitely irritates me. Uh, but because of that, I think the the lower sections will at least still be more crimson than uh, than they were two years ago, which mm-hmm. was disgusting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I think Andy Katz picked it as the game of the week. So, what do you yeah. agree with one of Andy's top ten lists for once? So, I, uh, <laughs> you know, so, something good's going to happen this week. I hope, or it'll be a big event regardless. And then, no matter what happens Wednesday, clean up shop against LSU on Saturday and keep on trucking. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have another episode after. We want to do one for LSU. I, Probably yeah. depends on yeah. how this game goes. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have one in a couple of days, I'm I'm sure. Um, but uh, this was our nearly hour long iBob episode. Hope you enjoyed. 
Um, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you guys in the next one.